to the Drive Time News Class. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, the House walked over to the Senate last night, the articles of impeachment against President Trump, who is no longer in office. Impeachment is a way to remove somebody from office. It would require a supermajority in the Senate, which is highly unlikely because it would mean double digits of Republicans voting to impeach Trump. But the longer term plan would be that there would be a second vote taken to keep Trump from ever running for that kind of an office again. For me, I don't I would think that they would simply charge him with the crimes they're trying to impeach him for, and that would prevent him from holding such an office. However, that would be a criminal trial, and that would require a, I assume it would be just a standard criminal trial that would require a unanimous verdict. And maybe they feel like they have more of a chance in the Senate, but it seems to me there's no chance in the Senate. A criminal trial would also require evidence of which looks like has been deleted, even though we know Twitter still has it. But then that would force them to acknowledge that they took that evidence, all that all those tweets and hid it from the American public. And also, Eric Swalwell was talking with Jake Tapper yesterday about the goals of it. And he said that along with wanting to Trump to not be able to run again, they just want to send a message that you can't just use your last few months in office to do a bunch of terroristic type activities of incitement. Actually, to tell you the truth, I would want to back it up even further. And my guess is whatever trial is in the Senate isn't going to start at square one. But square one is, was there an insurrection? Was there even a riot? Was there a mob? These people were not armed. The police not only stood down, they escorted them around and they all got back on the bus by sunset. So what exactly was how I would like to see them prove that this even qualifies as a genuine attempt at insurrection. I would love for all of them to have to quietly write down a definition of insurrection (laughs) and turn it in. And then they just read those for an hour. I'd watch that just to see how vastly different the definitions are. If you were to ask that question and you were a congressperson, then you would instantly be there would be calls for you to step down for supporting the insurrection. The uh, other side of this, just to emphasize how the reins of power changing and how the GOP just totally capitulates at every turn. McConnell is handing over the reins of the majority to Schumer, even though Schumer, it's it's a tie. So I would think that for continuity, they would keep it in the Republicans' hands. But I guess the idea is that since Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker, <clears throat> the control, uh, uh, this may even be the formal answer, the control goes as she as they vote it to go. And that goes to Schumer. Now, McConnell wasn't going to relinquish the reins until he was assured and he was assured by a couple of Democrat senators that they would not eliminate the filibuster. But I think it's funny. So the filibuster is where even if a piece of legislation could pass a minority party senator can just take the floor and prevent the thing from ever getting to a vote, for example. And it's just a way to not have pure party rule, pure mob rule. But Biden had a funny quote or 
idea about it in the Wall Street Journal, Biden said that he is not in favor of getting rid of the filibuster unless GOP resistance to his legislative agenda makes eliminating the filibuster necessary. So only get rid of it if they resist getting rid of it. That's interesting. If they resist logic. his agenda. Yeah. Filibuster. It's like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right? Isn't that what? Yeah. Okay. So now we've got the uh, Schumer in charge and the first order of business apparently is going to be this uh, for the people election reform bill, which passed the House two years ago, but was never brought to a vote in the Senate. And it's interesting to me because it has all these election reforms on tap. As of 2019, two years ago, two full years ago. So having nothing to do with what happened in the 2020 election. And it has a few major points I'd like to rattle off to you. The highlights are it has voting rights provisions, election security provisions, campaign finance, finance reform provisions, ethics Uh, statehood for D.C. and gerrymandering. And I'm just going to tick a few off the voting rights that they are talking about. Same day voter registration for federal elections. They want 15 days of early voting. They want to automatically register people through a variety of interactions you have with the state. Election day would be a federal holiday. Mail in voting would be expanded. Uh, There could be online voter registration, early registration for teens before their 18th birthday. It will restrict the ability of states to Purge the rolls and it will uh, stop f- felony disenfranchisement after a sentence has been served. Now, that's actually in the 14th Amendment. You can be disenfranchised for a crime. So um, I think this feels unconstitutional there. They proposed yeah. that in Georgia. They proposed to allow felons to vote in Georgia. Well, I think it, it should be. It's that it's a state decision. I think, according to the 14th Amendment, yeah. the 14th Amendment pushes stuff down to the states like that. And it's you're right. It sounds like in the 14th Amendment to disenfranchise convicted felons. But you don't have to. But I think for Congress to prevent states from doing that is a violation of the 14th Amendment. Seems like to me I could be wrong. But the. The reason I don't like these provisions is basically, especially the auto registration for voters, say 155 million people voted in this last election out of a total of like 240 million potential voters. That's something like that. If that's I don't know what that is, maybe 85 or something million voters who or 75 million voters who could have registered but did not vote. If you have an idea of who those people are, if you know old people, shut-ins, whatever, who who you know aren't going to vote and you know that they're registered, you can do what Garland has described to us, where you can go ahead and mail in votes under their names because there's one vote for every registered voter. And if you know a registered voter isn't going to vote, you could just mail in their vote. And that's how he said votes get. That's why people like get vote voted for twice. And yes. then the mail-in ballot is eliminated because you right. showed up at the polls. Yeah. But if you never show up at the polls, people won't know that you had a mail-in vote ballot that you didn't. So if you know the people who aren't going to show up at the polls and you know the, the challenge would be to get them registered, 
even though without alerting them to the fact that if they're registered, maybe. Yeah. And that they then they'd be like, oh, I should vote or I'm not going to vote. So I don't want to register. So like probably a lot of things where it's like getting your tag registered or things that you have to do would probably automatically register you. DMV. But I think it's also like getting financial aid at school, anything that interacts with the state. And as I've told you before, I knew and a temporary resident from another country here who had to get a driver's license they require it even if you're from a different country and they insisted that she registered to vote even though she told them that she was not a u.s citizen What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. Just a few more items from this uh, for the people election reform bill. There's campaign finance reform in there that talks about revealing who's contributing. And I noticed the front, the headline today on Fox News was about, and I'd seen this article over and over again the past 24 hours, $145 million of dark money that went to the Biden campaign. And I think that's getting pressed because it will it will foster support for this, for the People Act from some people on the right who think that the Democrats are more crooked. I don't ever really have a strong sense of campaign finance reform, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. I I think there are nuances to it that the people who write the bills know about, but I don't really know about. There are ethics provisions that say president and VP must show 10 years of their tax returns. It wants every every road leads to statehood for D.C. When in reality, if you're going to make the if you're going to eliminate the federal carve out for D.C. just to return the land to Maryland. They contributed the land in the first place. It was carved out as um, to keep those people from heavily influencing the federal government. But if you're going to do it, make them part of Maryland. There's gerrymandering provisions that are supposed to I don't know if it's supposed to keep minorities from being um, diluted or if it's supposed to over weight minority communities but the gerrymandering thing is race based so gerrymandering is like line redistricting right yeah they have like five or six different limitations they want to put on how redistrict congressional redistricting can be affected and that it's often been done so that if you put all minorities in one congressional district, they get one congressman. But if you split it into two, then those two congressional districts, if you drive a line between like a minority community, it would it would convert both congressional districts to minority majority. Like that's they that's what gerrymandering is, is to to try to disenfranchise people. So it could be good. It could be not good. Again, the devil's in the details there. But the one thing I like and we have to ask Garland about it this weekend is the election security provision, which says there should be paper ballots that are able to be inspected by the voter himself before he hands it in. And that should be preserved by the state so there can be a physical hand count in audits like I am 100 percent behind that if it if again, it is what it looks like it is. So let's ask Garland about that this weekend. By the way, did you see that Garland's Twitter account was temporarily suspended? I did not. I'd been wondering if that was going to happen to him. Yeah, it's weird. And and I'll tell you the last thing that he said 
that he tweeted before that happened. Somebody showed me and said, caution, this account is temporarily restricted. There's been some unusual activity from this account. This is Garland's Twitter feed. And the last thing he had said before that was the plaintiffs in our voter GA lawsuit to inspect Fulton County mail-in ballots had filed a brief and proposed order for the for the judge to rule. We expect a hearing or ruling on our ballot inspection petition this week. So that was the update that Garland gave us this weekend is that there'd been some dispute as to whether the county or the, the court actually had physical possession of the ballots and that the judge had asked both sides to submit a proposal for how they suggest he rule. And Garland just tweeted that that they had submitted that proposal and Twitter suspended his account. And he does not use the voter GA account very much. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that he doesn't tweet that often. The last thing that he said. So he just commented on what they had done in a legislative or or in a legal situation. And he got suspended for that temporarily. Wow. Correct. Dominion is suing Rudy Giuliani and they're suing him for like $1.3 billion dollars claiming all the damages that he has caused because of the questions about the integrity of the company that people have now. And they have also sued Sidney Powell, and they're also considering suing ONN News, Newsmax, Sean Hannity, The Epoch Times, and others. And I'm wondering if these lawsuits are going to be... I think, obviously, they're a form of intimidation to try and get other people who don't have as much money to fight back to not talk about them. Like, people like us, maybe intimidate us. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, when Alex Jones got sued by the Sandy Hook father and then ultimately got removed from the App Store a couple of years ago, we talked on our show on WSB that you might not like Alex Jones, but you... You better defend his right to to say stuff you don't like because the next people who get taken down will be people who don't have money to cover it like us. And we did get taken down shortly after that, our Internet side. I'm wondering if this is another setup to take down people who talk about Dominion in the future. And it goes hand in hand with another level up in the Alex Jones story. Yes, he could afford it. David Icke can afford it. They can still carry on. But... A Texas judge, the the headline said, quietly removes restrictions from making Alex Jones actually pay damages. So he is going to he could be wiped out the way Gawker was for the pain and suffering that he caused those people with his so-called reporting. And that that levels it up beyond whether you can self-host to where they will bankrupt you. Wow. The the deeper your pockets, the more you end up having to pay. And and then you really can't risk it. Because what if you're personally liable so that like your family, your savings, you can't insure against it, perhaps. Isn't that what LLC is supposed to be? It's supposed to protect you as an individual from that type of lawsuit while your business is still subject to it? I don't know what Alex Jones is set up as. Yeah. I don't know if personal intentional wrongdoing like that can be insulated from personal responsibility. Yeah, I guess it would depend on the situation, although he was talking through his business. I don't know. I can't remember. You're straining my brain. 
Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, gluten-free brownies, I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash products report should we finish up on the censorship stuff or should we change gears let's finish up on the censorship. yeah i think stuff. we should finish up on the censorship stuff so twitter you and i yeah, we new, saw the same thing yeah twitter has a new program that they're putting out there it's called twitter bird watch and here's the way it works they have a little one minute commercial or so that they put out if you want to watch it it calls for community-driven approach to addressing misleading information. And the premise is that you can't believe everything you see on the internet. And this feature allows people to create what they're calling notes that will add context to tweets. And what it does is, if you don't like a tweet or you think it's misleading information, or if you just don't like the person's face who tweeted it out and you want to get them, you know, the information blocked, then you click the button, the bird watch button and then it gives you an option it says why do you believe this is misleading contains factual error is it digitally altered is it outdated information is it misrepresenting or missing context is it unverified claim is it a joke or satire or you can have an other and then it says do you believe whether this tweet will cause a little bit of harm or considerable harm gives you those two options and then it gives you a little forum where you can type a couple uh, I think a limited amount of characters to say what or why you're flagging it and why you th- your evidence your argument as to why this this is misleading and I'm wondering what's going to happen when everybody who's leans right or who doesn't like the lying going on in media just starts saying Dr. Fauci's lying and they just start flooding these flags with Dr. Fauci and other quote legitimate sources what's going to happen I bet it's going to backfire and all those people are going to end up getting suspended for using this new feature I think they probably have a fail safe in there for that a fail safe so that pre-verified you know like a blue check mark has to go through personal scrutiny. What I'm saying is I think this is just another way to draw out the people who don't buy the narrative by getting them to oh. criticize and, oh, and so, say that... Oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Say that official facts aren't facts. Say, okay, well, you're gone. Right. So if you object to Lynn Wood, you're fine. If you object to Fauci, you get birdwatched yeah. yourself. So that, yeah, the act of using the new feature <laughs> will get you banned. Yeah, that absolutely would be you saying what... I always wondered if just liking stuff... I like everything that people send me so they know I read it. If I didn't like what you, your tweet, I probably just didn't see the tweet that you sent me. And I always wonder the fact that it's a, a heart. Like, yeah. I want to just, yeah. like, put a check mark next to it. Like, oh, gotcha. Thanks. Yeah. You know, but I put, li- I have a little heart. You know, you have to press the heart. So it's like, you liked that tweet. And I'm like, well, I just wanted them to know I saw it. Yeah. And, and heart is love also. It's, it can be a yeah, bit strong. Yeah. for. It is a little strong. And on that same note, speaking of love, yeah, the my pillow guy got booted, which was I'm surprised he was there that long. It's like they're leaving a couple of figures there to draw out the remaining ones, and then they're banning that person, and then it's trickling down to others. And I was wondering about Lynn Wood because I'll see people tweet stuff about what Lynn Wood has been saying 
yeah. or a video Linwood has dropped. And I'm like, where where is Linwood posting information? And I figured it out. It's Telegram. And I went to his Telegram page or whatever it's called. And he is just flooding Telegram with all kind of wild stuff, even more so than he did on Twitter. And that makes me think that Telegram is definitely being targeted and will ultimately potentially be shut down as well, or at least severely restricted on who can post there. Absolutely. I totally agree. And later on in the show or in the Patreon 15, I will tell you how that features into my Navalny story. But I wanted to to just uh, tell you about this high ranking GOP official in Hawaii by the name of Edwin Boyette had to resign for tweeting from the official GOP account in Hawaii that we shouldn't mock or ridicule Q people because they come from a place of patriotism and love of country. And that was just totally unacceptable. People like, how could you say that? It's I, I, I can't understand how you could say that the guy had to step down. And it's true. I feel the same way. I feel the same way about that those people why did he have to step down was there such an overwhelming call from republicans for him (laughs) to step down what caused it do you know it didn't yeah it was outcry public outcry as well said but hawaii i can't believe there is a gop in hawaii i mean that's not a that's not a radical statement at all that's a reasonable thing to say because the q people aren't quote racists right no. the boogaloo the boogaloo boys aren't racist they, n- none of them are but they they're the ones with the confederate flags and stuff but does q wave confederate flags i don't know that they're trying to paint Q as as white nationalists, white supremacists, one and the same. It's not even close. I know people in Hollywood that are huge Q people because they are afraid of the pedo stuff, which they yes, exactly, are closer to. And they're liberals. They didn't like Trump. They didn't. They weren't like. They didn't hate him, but they. Not at all are they racist or right wing. It's crazy how they're trying to corner that and pull people who were just Q into this bucket. It's disgusting to me. Hey, let's not run out of time for Davos talk. Well, there's a lot going on at Davos. Davos is this week, and perhaps all this impeachment stuff and other stuff going on is a bit of a distraction from Davos because they don't want people actually looking at it. And Davos, the World Economic Forum, is who puts that on. It's the world leaders come together and they talk about the policies that they're going to try and implement worldwide to shape it in their ideals. And this is where the Great Reset is coming in. This is the Great Reset's Davos. It's, it's for the Great Reset. And the opening speaker at Davos was Chinese President Xi Jinping. Mm. And Klaus Schwab very glowingly gave him an introduction. And a couple of the themes that Xi Jinping covered in his opening speech was we need to jointly the world jointly together regrow the economy, the global response, the global reaction to recovery from this crisis. Uh, We want a global response and a global reaction to recovery. And we want multilateralism. We want to stay committed to the international law and the rules of law, of international law, and climate change, climate change, climate change, and implement the 2030 agenda. Those were Xi Jinping's themes. Okay. There's no such thing as international law. Makes me crazy when people say that. And multilateralism is what you say when you don't like America being the world leader, which 
Obviously, this was a responsibility that America absolutely showed 100 percent that absolute power corrupts absolutely 100 percent could not handle it at all. Totally abused their position of power after they eliminated the USSR. But that's what China means is like they want to be have a seat at the table. It's China, Russia, U.S. That's oh, yeah, it. absolutely. And so, I think they have a prominent seat at the table. I mean, he is the opening speaker and we are absolutely falling in line with the recommendations that they are putting out and the corporations in America are falling in line with the Great Reset recommendations. And this is a program that has Xi Jinping as our opening speaker. That's interesting. Well, it just goes to show when you think of these global corporations, like some people still think of some of them as American, they are absolutely above American and maybe even focused more on the cheap labor they can get in third world countries as well as the untapped markets from third world countries and to have yeah. basically a global monopoly yeah. industry by industry is so powerful and I, I noticed there was a whole big list of people of companies that would no longer and this could go hand in hand with the for the people bill and their campaign finance reform and maybe getting rid of Citizens United there was a list of companies dozens of companies that are no longer going to support the people who politicians who supported questioning the electoral college stuff like that i almost wonder if by eliminating campaign finance or making it disclosed and stuff it's a way to lock in the democrats dominance in politics the relationships they have with corporations already just because there's too much money being spent on it. If you can own these guys with a little less money, maybe you want to usher in these regulatory barriers. Like in any case where the more hoops there are to jump through, the more you have an advantage over a little guy. The reason they have lobbying is so that companies can ask politicians, hey, tell them this is our interest. We have employees, whatever. But when it gets to the point where it's billions of dollars just for global corporations, it's it is not. It is not helpful to American companies or the people who have a vested interest, a legitimate vested interest in political decisions. Yeah. And those companies that are making those decisions not to support people who, quote, supported the insurrection politicians or not to allow them to raise money through them. That is right in line with the ESG standards of the Great Reset, the social credit score for corporations, the equivalent of that. If you show that you are social, you're putting on social justice initiatives, climate change initiatives, you are in, you are with the Great Reset and you are going to have the advantage of getting around the regulations that are going to crush all the other businesses around the world to give them that worldwide monopoly, kind of as you, you were mentioning earlier. Also yesterday, some of the opening opening ceremonies and opening panel discussions they have a major theme of what they're go- what they're going to be trying to spread around the world. The policies is the long term strategy to create anti racist organizations, and we know from the indivisible activism training that we went through, where they talked about anti racism, what it is. Anti racism is constantly and forever doing things to show that you are not racist. So it is a goal that you you can never become not racist. You can only live an anti-racist lifestyle. It's kind of like following <laughs> Jesus. You always have to or be on the an path. AA. Yes, exactly. And they want to turn corporations into anti-racist corporations, which means constantly doing programs and showing programs, demonstrating them to the public to prove that you are not a racist. 
And we see that with some of this stuff where they're, we're not, we're going to pull our money from anybody who supported the quote racist insurrection. That's an, an example of a company falling in line with that. And some of the ways that they spoke about it is they want corporations to embed racial justice across their boardrooms, across consumption of their products, and across, and within the communities surrounding their businesses. And they want to bring together the corporations worldwide so that they become anti-racist organizations, but not in a siloed way. They have to do it in a worldwide coordinated fashion. So a worldwide standard of an anti-racist corporation is what they're trying to implement. That's scary to me because that is top-down control over behavior, over thoughts even. And it does it without a legislative process. That's the insidious nature of fascism. I mean, it just it occurred yeah. to me recently that that the whole point of fascism isn't that the governments bestow privileges to the corporations. It's that the corporations can effect the the force of law just by the fact that they control all the means of production, all the access to a person's um, living. And that's why the more they push back against our ability to be autonomous, to raise our own chickens and stuff, the more you have no choice. That's why the first UN agenda was Habitat One. And it talked about you can have private personal property, but land should not be something an individual can own. And now you see what happens. You've got Bill Gates, you've got Ted Turner, you have Elon Musk, Warren Buffett. I mean, aren't these like huge, huge landowners? That is yeah. a kind of fascism too. Yeah. And right in lockstep with what's going on at the World Economic Forum today, yesterday, and the rest of the week, the Biden administration is rolling out its anti-racist agenda, its equity agenda this week. And they more spoke about it broadly, but one of the things they're going to be bringing back through racial insensitive insensitivity training into the federal government. If you've ever read or gone through one of these trainings, you see that this isn't about equality. This isn't about racism. This is about control. It's about domination with these things. It's about forcing people to bend a knee when you tell them to. We're falling lockstep in line with the policies that Biden is signaling he's going to try and implement. And it's false promises and totally Absolutely. disingenuous, just like when you see Gavin Newsom eating at French Laundry when he's locked down California. That's how they feel about helping minorities or equality or equity. They don't want equity or equality or whatever it is they want to talk about. That guy's eating at French Laundry. He's a politician. Totally. That is such an expensive restaurant. It would make your head spin. And they basically shut it down for their little uh, payola session or whatever it was. So he not only has the means to float that kind of cash, but to, to access it, when the rest of us don't, they're all about privilege. So I would be suspicious of anything they suggest that's equity oriented. And they are masters at taking money away from one group of citizens and giving it to another or exploiting the relative position of one over another or taking the surplus of one group and giving it to another in order to buy those votes. I mean, this d democracy has just degenerated so grotesquely into how to manipulate people's votes in order to 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 
show that you have legitimacy as you dismantle the Constitution. It's just it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah. And it's giving more power, and more money to the people that already have the most money and the most power. It's completely destroying the little guy and all these people on the left who I'm saying the layman, the, the everyday average person, not the actual people at the top on the left, but people who vote Democrat, that I, they have no clue what the Great Reset is. They have no clue well, how this is in coordination with these global internationalists. It's just, it's just the proof is in the pudding. The World Economic Forum was behind the novel coronavirus, which had these crazy policies that were implemented in lockstep. And the UN just said yesterday it cost 255 million jobs. It lowered wages. It reduced working hours. It put a billion people into poverty, especially young people, women and people of color. And that is what the World Economic Forum presided over. Do not tell me that they are after anything but more of the same. Absolutely. And when you establish a new world order of sorts, you have to destroy the old world order first. And this is what we this is what we're living right now. See, and all this soapboxing. And I missed like a whole bunch of stories that I still have, including Navalny's underwear. I can't I'll tell you about that. I can't wait 15. to hear about that. And I will tell you about who the highest paid employee salaried employee in the federal government is and i think that it might upset some people and i'll also tell you about the latest saga of the conway family which is playing out on social media right now you guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the propaganda report podcast feed if you want access to that extra content that we play every time we post a dmb go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron you can also access our deep dive video podcast on rockfin.com so check that out we will talk to y'all on the patron 15 or tomorrow have a fantastic rest of your day it is share the show tuesday so share the show Talk to y'all later.